All right, here we are, episode four with our first guest in the building, Mr. Josh Robinson. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Doing the Elvis impersonation. Is that to what start it is? Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> what did yeah. you think it was? <laughs> I have no idea. Where did you grab that from? Uh, uh, no, but really excited to be here. You know, our first guest on the podcast, and we're going to talk about life, career, kind of our paths through life, and uh, we're going to get into it today. So what's the most interesting thing that's happened to you, Josh, in the past two weeks? Hmm. Well, for those people who know me, I live a pretty uh, regular, bland lifestyle, right? There's <laughs> nothing that really pops out. The one thing I would say that stands out that happened in the last two weeks would be, um, so I'm as well a personal trainer, uh, like Jace here. And, um, yeah, we work together. Yeah, we work together. That's how he uh, swindled me onto this bad boy. But um, Swindled? Yeah, swindling Perfect. me on here. Anyways. Descriptor. <laughs> but I'd say the most interesting thing that happened to me was um, I was in between clients uh, at the gym and just waiting. And uh, a person randomly approached me and they were just saying, like, you know what? I've been watching you train your clients for a while now. And uh, I, I really want to work with you. I want to um, get training with you. And for me, it just stuck out because, you know, when you're working, when you're doing your thing, when you're helping somebody, you don't, you don't really think about the other people around the gym, who's paying attention to you, the other, you know, yeah, you notice other trainers and, and, and what they're doing with their clients, but you don't think of the other members that are just around doing their own thing, right? Um, so it's, it was really cool to see that somebody had noticed what I was doing with my clients and, uh, they really liked it and that they were willing to, um, come forward and approach me and, yeah, and say like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Um, I want to, I want to train with you. I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and it's normally the exact opposite way where you have to go out of your way to try and win over clients and say, 100%. this is what I can do with you. But the fact that it was literally you working with clients that actually attracted somebody to, yeah, to exactly. talking with you and, and deciding that is kind of a, that's a cool thing. Right? It was really neat. It was really neat. And Jace knows the personal training game as well and uh, what it's like when the you're game. trying, yeah, yeah, when you're trying to gain clients and it's a, it's a lot of push, push, um, push and it's, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's not the most, uh, I would, I would, I would go out there and say that it's the worst part of the job. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, prospecting as, mm. as we call it. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's not easy and it's, but you know what? Good comes from it. And even at the end of the day, you, those who don't even sign with you can end up being people that confide in you yes. or end up being referrals to other people who end up being your clients. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're a personal trainer because all you're trying to do is help people in the gym. Right, that's why you became a trainer and make because, money. Yeah, yeah, make money doing something that you love. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like I, a lot of people don't know this, but before I was a personal trainer at Good Life, I got my certification uh, just to literally help out friends and family and anybody who wanted to train with me. Um, I wouldn't charge them money. I would charge them the like if it's a gym that I don't have a membership at, you pay for me to get into the gym and I'll train you for free. Right. Really good way to help people, mm -hmm. really bad way to make money. Yeah. <laughs> right? So at the end of the day, yes, prospecting sucks, but it's a really good way to meet new people around the gym, hear people's stories, and help people, right? Yeah, I can really appreciate that. And one of the things, even the short time that I worked with you, it kind of resonated to me. It was always the positivity that you brought to both the, the work 
force yeah. and the people around you, but then also your clients. You could tell that people were engaged in the workouts mm-hmm. and, and engaged with you too. So you, you kind of see that sometimes with, you, you don't always see that it's almost a camaraderie, but you're still helping them along the way, right? 100%. And, and there's a lot of people, there, and there's different ways to do it because I've even had trainers that are really successful in being more so of a drill sergeant mm-hmm. type of, of motivator. And I, I, that resonates with me because I like to be pushed beyond my limits. Right. And so you need a little bit of that fire. But I think you're, what I saw with you is that you're really good at gauging people and just, and also just coming across as caring and wanting to help people. And right. so it, it makes sense that it evolved from you helping family and helping friends and then kind of deciding to get certified and now pursuing it kind of full out as a career too. Yeah. So. I would go as far as to say is that is almost, if not your strongest attribute as a trainer is the, your engagement with your clients. Um, when I over always look over and see you training at the gym, you're always fully engaged with them. Uh, they're laughing or being pushed so hard that they hate you. Yeah, <laughs> but you're always there coaching them every step of the way, whether it means getting down and, and telling them one more or what motivational claps, whatever it is. Yeah, and you, you always do it with a huge smile on your face. And that's what clients need. That right? Everybody needs that. Oh, for Whoever sure. it is in the gym, they need. If somebody's going to the gym, and Jay's can attest to this, the reason why a lot of people get personal trainers is because they don't they don't like coming to the gym, right? They don't like pushing yeah, themselves. They don't like working right? out. Yeah. They don't like working out, right? There's there's a select few of us that really like embrace the struggle and embrace like the hardships of training and like and how much it actually sucks, right? Because it is worth it for us. You're an athlete, Riley. You played football. I remember listening to your previous podcast, and you were talking about one of the um, seasons, your off season, when you, um, when you were training really, really hard and you came back the next year, like stronger, better, just overall a better player, right? Because you were training intensely. So you're an athlete, you enjoyed the training, you saw the benefit from it. A lot of people who get into the gym for the first time, they don't really, they've never gone through something like that, right? They don't know how enjoyable and how fun it can actually be and how awesome it is to see the results, right? So I would say the biggest thing as a trainer is you have to be that person that makes those your clients have a good time while they're in the gym. They have to enjoy coming to it, right? So, yes, you see me, you know, always in a high, um, oh, how to put it, you always see me with a big smile on my face and uh, I have, all my clients laughing and, you know, and joking around with them and making sure they're having a good time because that's going to translate into them coming back over and over and over again and then getting the results that they want, right? Because, like I said, a lot of people who get trainer, they, they don't like coming to the gym themselves, right? Yeah. They don't like pushing themselves. Well, I can push you. Or they're scared or, or intimidated, the, right? Yeah, so exactly. You want to take them out of that element. Exactly, exactly. It's about gauging those people and what they're wanting from it, but, but that is – very effective if you're if you're going to be positive and make it fun and educate and push them at the same time it's kind of those those different pillars that are going to allow them to be successful in their training and 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 just keep them coming back right exactly they're going to want to see results but they also don't want to dread going so Mm -hmm. it's it's it really is a balancing act like a lot a lot of different things and actually as a little bit of a side note uh just talking about training and athleticism in general it was actually one of my first weeks working there or Jace came up to me and it was the lunchtime. And I was, you know, when you're just really 
you're overwhelmed a little bit in a new place. And I was learning a lot of new things and yeah. it's new relationships, it's new people. It's yeah. trying to feel things out. And Jace came up to me. I had an hour free or whatever. And I think I was eating lunch and he's like, go work out. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to do it today <laughs> or whatever. I might get started tomorrow because I'd been off and on. I actually started getting tension headaches early last year. So I had to learn how to do different things, which it became yoga and running through last summer. Mm-hmm. And then I got it back. They went away eventually. So I, I, I mean, but it was finding those things that kept me active. And so it was around that time where I'd started lifting a little bit again, but I was trying to get back into it. And Jace was one of the guys that kind of pushed me to be like, all right, start lifting. Like, let's go. Good man, Jace. Good man. Oh, I'm glad I could help. I didn't know that I did. Well, and it was was basically within reflection of the past couple weeks as I went. That was kind of one of those moments that's led me to where I am now, which is training for a Spartan race. And now I'm taking things to the extreme, too. I've designed my own Spartan-based workout because it's a lot of cardio and full body athleticism is how I'd put it, like pull-ups, upper body strength, mm-hmm. and and also having jumping and coordination and everything mm-hmm. too. But I went out last Sunday and my mom actually bought me a new pair of running shoes because mine were just torched. So thank you, mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> God bless it was, you, mom. It was one of those random gifts, but that's really helpful and thoughtful. So and, and we got to spend time together and just go shopping and have lunch. It was awesome. But uh, I decided to test them out because it was actually, it was still cold, but it was maybe plus four and the streets were pretty cleared off. So before all this snow, yeah, we're in Winnipeg, listener. So there's still snow in some places of the world. But uh, yeah, so it was one of the nice days. And I I knew there would be some icy patches, but I I decided, well, it's time to go out. And so they're the Under Armour ones that have... uh, they they paired with Michelin, and so oh, they have yes. the tire bottom. Ones. Oh, and actually, yeah, they have a tire bottom. They're awesome, man. just like you super grippy, great, or, great yeah. grip, and they also they kind of absorb better than a regular shoe, if that makes sense. So just the just the no foot pain, and even it it felt like running on air a little bit too. So it was yeah, they were they're really good, yeah. especially I've never had a new pair of shoes that didn't cause any pain or anything. Yeah, there usually you no gotta transition. break them in, right? Yeah. But went, I decided my goal was to run to Assiniboine Park from my place, which it was about five miles away. And, and I didn't do the calculations. I just knew it was, it was reachable. And I said if it was really that taxing that I would then just turn and go back. Exactly. But I made it there, took a run through the park, had a rocky moment right by the Canada 150 outside the conservatory building or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, it was just a smiling, happy moment. And then started running back and I went, well, I've ran 10 miles before. Let's go 15. And so... <laughs> Pushing God, yourself. I love it. Yeah. I, I hit 11. I, I felt great through 10. I was smiling all the way to the park, through the park. Yeah. Even on the way back, I passed people. And I, it was just, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Just on my run past people. You so had that just runner's high going, hey. Feeling the adrenaline and feeling yeah. the runner's high. But got to 11 miles. And those next three were just... That's where all had choke loose. You, you know, hitting a wall, and I thought you, you you catch a second wind and you keep going, but my pace slowed completely. I was going 12-minute miles. I started out at about a 7 or 8, and it just went completely south after that. But I made it my 15, and then I made the mistake of sitting down at a park bench for a couple seconds, and my legs just seized oh, up. Yeah. I had to limp. Yeah, I had to limp back about a quarter kilometer, quarter, quarter mile 
back to my place from that bench and I was just dreading it. And I was out of commission <laughs> the next two days, but it was completely worth it. It was just one of those challenges where, yeah, like, exactly. why not push it? And you get to push yourself too, right? Like, like you said, you know, you, you've done 10 miles before, right? Why not try 15? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You got to 11, right? The only yeah, caveat exactly. was that I went to the Lights concert the night before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I might have had a few adult beverages <laughs> in my, well, working their way through my system that morning. But I think they were all gone by the end of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was an adventure, to say the least. So that's the last two weeks. Well, we didn't really do a formal introduction. So yes, personal trainer at Good Life, yep. accepting new clients. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just just throwing in that plug for you there. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate uh, it. Former football and baseball player. You have an athletic background mm-hmm. and family who have played in professional sports. Oh, yeah. And injuries and concussions kind of led you away from sport, but now on to training and helping people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something I can definitely relate to because it seems that there's an evolution sometimes that just happens through sport. But you want to stay involved and you want to make your difference. And it's nice to just have that expertise that you can give back to people and even and even help them on on their path so what else should we know about josh robinson uh and how would you like to be known Mm. i'm kind of interested in hearing about this sports background of yours yeah yeah Yeah, i actually don't know a heck of a lot of about your background Mm. where you're from where your family's from yeah i've actually this past week i've learned a little bit more because your family came to visit you that's a pretty um like you want to know about Josh Robinson, I'm a pretty quiet guy when it comes down to it. Yes, like loud when I need to be, like you said, with clients yeah. and, and building a, um, you know, a camaraderie around the gym and like with friends and coworkers and stuff like that. But um, uh, my background is so I'm a I used to play football, played for Sturgeon Heights High School um, when Sturgeon Ooh. and yeah, <laughs> Silver Heights. What, thanks, buddy. What position did you play? Uh, I was safety. So I started at a cornerback and realized that I wasn't good at coverage, but I was really good at hitting people, <laughs> <laughs> which is where all the concussions stem from. But anywho, um, so I moved from cornerback to safety, and I was uh, safety for three years, and then halfway through my fourth year, I switched to linebacker because our starting middle linebacker got injured. So I actually played with uh, Herdman, the Herdman twins, who are actually just got drafted into the CFL two years ago. And oh, wow. we were, um, it might have been a year ago now. Um, we were like the defensive force to be reckoned with in, uh, in high school. But like I said, um, from that, from my defensive you know, uh, position and from playing for years, uh, I had a lot of concussions stem from that, right? And like I said, I wasn't a coverage guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would love to hit people. You probably know that as well, Riley, from being a running back and just dropping that shoulder and boom right through someone, right? It's, for me, I actually, my grade 12 year, I played uh, basically, I would say, a hybrid tailback, yep. fullback. Yep. We had the top rusher that year in, in Sean. So he, and he was the top rusher from a grade nine, I think, grade 10. Mm-hmm. So, I played uh, fullback. I played, it was a little bit of inside and outside linebacker. I played rush in at the second half of the season. We switched to like a 3-4 defense, essentially, nice. and played a bunch of special teams. So nice. I, I wasn't afraid to hit people. Yeah. It was always, it was, it was a lot. And you can't be, right? So, yeah, you can't be afraid to hit people in football. And which, so where I'm going with this is, um, from football and, and from being a defensive player and loving to hit, I got a lot of concussions from that. Um, eight that are documented, oh, probably wow. more than that. Um, 
And actually, so one of the sports background is one of my uncles, uh, he used to play in the NFL. He was a linebacker, and he actually got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2012, David Robinson. Uh, and in his acceptance, acceptance speech, he, uh, he just said, we need to focus a lot more on concussions um, in this league because day to day he can barely remember like his name, what his like where so he's at, everything. Right? Like, it's a serious health issue. Yeah, sure. exactly. So at the time when you're young and stupid and playing football, right, you're not really thinking about that. Now as I um, progress through life, I'm, I start to worry a little bit more about it, which is where the ketosis and ketones come in. Uh, a little bit later, we'll cover that. But um, so yeah, so that was my football. Um, I actually was planning on going to University of Manitoba to play football there. But in my very last uh, playoff game at Sturgeon, uh, I went out with a pretty severe concussion to the point where, like, I, I went head-on-head head with the uh, fullback and head-on-head head with the running back, right? Like, boom, boom, right? Um, didn't think anything of it. Was just looking down, went back to the huddle, heard the play call, and then, like, looked up, and the whole world was spinning. It was snowing, and I couldn't, like, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't good. Took a knee. Um, went out and so I, I got pulled out of the game. Here's another thing you should know about me. I'm really, really competitive, right? I don't like losing. I don't like being pulled out of stuff or told that I can't do a lot of stuff. So I went out onto the sideline and, um, about, you know, 10 minutes later, I felt good again. I was like, oh, I'm fine. I can go back in. They're like, no, you're, you're out for the game, right? Last game. And they're telling me that I'm pulled out, right? So I waited until the coaches weren't looking. And I ran back onto the field and like a uh, true champion yeah, yeah. ran back onto the field and uh, took out the, um, the guy who had replaced me. I'm like, Oh no, no, I'm good. Coach said, come back in. Right. They didn't even notice that this time they were arguing with like the referees or something. And uh, so the next play happens and sure enough, I made the next play. Like I, I, I tackled the guy might or might not have been another head on head tackle. I won't anyways. Uh, so instantly got, got taken off again. Right. So there's a little bit of my competitive streak. I completely understand that there's something about the warrior mentality. I see it a lot in football and I would say now the UFC, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more interested. I'm actually really excited. My favorite fighter happens to be Rose Namajunas. So the female, she's, I want to say straw weight, but it's, I think 115. But she's just got the warrior mentality, but she's also, it was great after she had won the belt and the girl she, she faced is known as the boogie woman (laughs) or something. And, uh, so basically plays the bully role Mm -hmm. and Rose came in as kind of this humble warrior, which I've kind of talked about as being my outlook. Mm -hmm. And so I heard an interview with her on Joe Rogan, but it just, her personality shone through and it just, and, and in her post win speech, she was in tears and she's just like, this doesn't mean anything. She's just, just love each other. Just be friendly, be kind to people. <laughs> and it's so funny that in that moment that she's a warrior through and through, she just knocked out somebody who was heavily favored to beat her. Yeah. And she went, just love each other. And I went, it's kind of funny because I, I see myself in that, but I also see myself in that same, how you go in after you're hurt. One of my best games, I actually partially separated my AC joint, so Mm -hmm. partially separated my shoulder. Uh, It was under 17 football, and I I knew I wouldn't make the team if I went out at that moment. And I was in pain. I kept moving my arm around. Uh, It happened in a hit uh, directly through the middle, 
and went in the next series and just on pure adrenaline ended up rushing for a touchdown, a 22-yard touchdown, got player of the game, and they went, we can't cut the player of the game. So they ended up keeping me that year as a, I believe I was 15 at the time. So I was two years younger. But uh, yeah, it was one of those moments. And and I have so many too where it's, I have those concussion. I I never have had a documented concussion. Mm -hmm. But looking back, it's more so on reflection. I would say there are, too definite mm-hmm. and probably for so that I've likely suffered. What's the as difference well. between an, a documented and, and an undocumented concussion? Like, I guess it's just official. Or? It's just official. It's basically you, you. You let's they used to say you got your bell rung, right? Yeah. So it's you got your bell rung and you got back out there. That's a non-documented concussion. Uh, you get your bell rung and then you go get checked out and you tell the doctor your symptoms and stuff like that and they're like, yeah, okay. And you've suffered a minor, medium, you know, major concussion. And that's part of the issue, though, is is maybe saving people from themselves, especially when you're in a hyper-competitive nature and in and in sport, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have that expectation of coaches and players that you're relied upon to yeah. do your job. And if you're a fiery competitor, yeah. like I would say we are yeah. in football, that you want to be in there and you want to help. So it's... You almost stay away from the trainers at all costs because you don't want them to know anything's wrong. And that's just it. Like, where I would say I get my, like, in, in football especially, where I got my competitive streak was, and here's something about my uh, family background with sports. So my dad played in the CFL, right? He played for uh, Hamilton, Tiger Cats, Saskatchewan, Rough Riders, and, and the Blue Bombers. He um, won the Great Cup with the Blue Bombers in 84. But other than my dad, my I have two uncles that play in the NFL. One uncle got, like I said, inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2012, I would believe it was. And uh, one uncle got drafted to the MLB uh, by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, one cousin plays in the NFL right now, Trey Burton. He plays for, well, he just won the Super Bowl with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. He nice. just got traded cool. to um, the Chicago Browns. Chicago uh, Bears, Bears, sorry. Chicago Thinking baseball. Thinking baseball. Yeah. Um, don't want to be on those Browns. No, you know. Hey, that's no. my favorite team in the NFL. <laughs> wow. I am so sorry for your loss. We can <laughs> not really. Hey, they, yeah. this year, to be honest, I'm actually getting excited. It took me halfway through last year's first game for Maybe me to get Maybe they'll up get on one them. win. Yeah. So I think they'll go eight and eight this year. I have I have pure hope. Isn't it? Hilarious though that the fact that you're like ah oh, you know I really hope Maybe my team goes even. eight and eight. Like, <laughs> well, after going, they had a perfect season. Yeah, just not in the way that you want. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. This year. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, um, but yeah, like so from a fam- oh I forgot to mention um, one uncle was also also an Olympic sprinter. So got a couple bronze. athletes in. The so teams. yeah, when you have a background like that. You're expected to perform, right? Now, I'm going to add one other story that we'll talk to, like how stupidly competitive I am. Um, When I was younger growing up um, playing football, right, I think it was like, you know, 12, 13, I was a running back, um, played for the Rods. Um, And um i had very bad asthma growing up to the point where i had to have like a puffer with me all the time right i've since grown out of it mm-hmm. um thankfully but i remember we were down like you know by a touchdown or something like that and um i got the ball and i ran 75 yards for a touchdown right couldn't breathe the entire time 
You ran like, 75 yards and no, couldn't, couldn't breathe. breathe. Like, you're, like my throat was yeah. like the size of like a, a penny. Like I couldn't breathe. And here I am just running, running, running. Got to the point, scored the touchdown, and collapsed in the end zone and, like, had to get hauled away by an ambulance and, like, taken to the hospital. And, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So just stupidly competitive to the point where it's like, ah, I couldn't breathe. Well, may as well keep running. That's probably a good idea, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, from football competitive, I guess I went off on a little bit of a tangent. Forgive me. I do that often. We all Um, do. And so football, I played, you know, from the time I was 9 or 10 to you know, end of, end of high school. Um, luckily for me, I played baseball during high school as well. And I had that to fall back on after I was done with football. And, um, so I, I was a, a center fielder and outfielder. Um, and I went to university of Winnipeg. I signed there as soon as, you know, high school was done. And here's the funny part. Two weeks after I signed to, to go to university of Winnipeg, my parents got a call, and they, uh, they moved down to Michigan. They moved down to the States. They um, opened up a Timmy's, right? Uh, U.S. has Timmy's? Then? Oh, yeah. They, Wait, had... they opened a Tim Hortons in the States? Yeah, so here's a, <laughs> a big thing that a lot of people don't know. Tim Hortons has been in the United States since, like, 1986 or something like that. Like, it's been what? there for a long time. I know the, the company that owns them is American now since they bought them out. Yeah. The same company that owns yeah. Burger King. Yeah. yeah. But I, it's, yeah. I forget it, what they're called, but. I can't remember. Um, but the, it's not nearly as um, as but they're, yeah they're individually owned franchises though right yeah That's exactly individuals can open it them. would it would be interesting to know the marketing in the states because I see Tim Hortons as just being this Canadian not Canadian as much anymore now with the BK side but it's it's there's something ingrained in Canadian culture is oh, yeah. have your Timmies in the morning or whatever, get your greasy coffee yeah. and, and a breakfast sandwich, and that's the start to your day. Yeah. And there's one on every corner. Hockey I families. Just, actually, I just find that crazy. So you're, part of your family moved to the States to open up at Tim Hortons. Yeah. Like yeah. That's the reason why they moved That's there. the reason why. So uh, I had two siblings. To, so I'm one of six kids. Um, I had two older siblings who lived here, both married and have kids. And uh, I was living with my mom, dad, and my three younger siblings at the time. And so my mom, dad, and three younger siblings all moved down to Michigan. So it was a little bit of a, um, a learning curve for me, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. To I was such a big family guy, and like I'm, I'm a big introvert. A lot why, of people also don't know. Sorry that. to interrupt, but yeah. why didn't you go with them? I, I had already committed to University of Winnipeg. I was already like, oh, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and make something of myself with a uh, with a baseball career, right? Because I've always. I've always wanted to go um, to sports. Like I've always wanted to become a professional athlete, right? Especially with my family background. I'm like, that. it's just who I am. Like <laughs> I've never been, like even when I signed to go to University of, uh, of Winnipeg, um, I didn't go to school to get a degree and to get a diploma, which is not a wise idea whatsoever. <laughs> um, kids out there, remember that. Um, I went there to play sports and to become a professional athlete, right? And wish I would have focused a lot more on the schooling side of everything um, and, and have, would have uh, went somewhere with that. But I, the reason I didn't go with them is I had already committed. Um, I was already like, you know what, I'll, I'll play here for a year or two, possibly go down to the States and, Sense. you know, get um, signed to go to a university down there and hopefully get drafted later on. Um, and that was 
what I did. I, I played here for two years. Um, and then I moved down to Michigan for, like, I, I would go to Michigan uh, during the summer when the school season and ball season was gone, and I'd play baseball down in the States with the, you know, with the Americans. Mm-hmm. Good ball players, lots of fun. Um, definitely makes you a better player, right? Because Canada, yeah, we're, we're really good at hockey. We're not really good at <laughs> baseball, right? So if you want to be good at that, you got to go down to the States. Sorry, Gold Eyes. Yeah. Well, hey, they won the championship. They did. Two, two, two years. years in a row. Two years in a row. I, I think I've watched maybe one game mm. that time. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember that maybe one two. game that went to like midnight. <laughs> I don't know. That was like last year. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. continue. Oh, it just, yeah. So went down to the States, played down there, you know, got a couple, um, got a couple looks from some different university teams my first year. Uh, Came back to Canada, played my second year, went back down to the States uh, in the summer and had a few tryouts with some universities down there, um, University of Rochester um, Hills and University of Concordia. Um, and I was actually supposed to start with um, Rochester and I injured my left ankle, severely sprained it and sprained, uh, what did I do, the tendon? severely sprained the tendon or something like that. Anyways, really bad injury. And because the Canadian in me came out and I tried to not run over a uh, first baseman when he got in my way. So I kind of tried to sidestep Sorry, him. sorry. Yeah, exactly. I actually <laughs> did say sorry. I tripped over him. So, And this was like, apart from the concussions, like the first really major injury I'd ever had. And when I saw what I did to my ankle, I just like started laughing because... I tripped. I was like, okay, tried to get up. Couldn't do that. Sat back down. I was like, what in the heck? Looked down to my ankle, and instantly it was ballooned up like a softball. It it actually looked like a softball. And I just started laughing. I was like, well, this is it. <laughs> right on. There goes the baseball dream, right? At least you can laugh at it. Yeah, well, the, that's the thing about life, right? Inevitably, it's going to throw a lot, of, a lot of stuff your way. All you can literally do is laugh at it and keep grinding, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's baseball. Sometimes it's injuries. Exactly. Well, here's maybe one of the tie-ins, too, is Mm -hmm. is that mentality that you talked about, people going to school and pursuing the I'm going to go pro dream. I saw so much of that with my time at the Bisons, but just in football in general, but and the people around me, too. And, And it seemed that I kind of always felt a step away from that mentality. It's almost that it didn't seem... It might have been a lack of confidence on my part because I, I was actually really close. When I look at it now with the three guys ahead of me at, at the running back position yep. are now in the CFL, it's, it's like it was pretty close. Yeah. But it never felt real to me. I always kind of felt drawn to – I knew I wanted to get a degree. Mm-hmm. I, I never was a driven student until I decided it was time to be a driven student. Right. But it definitely – I would say sport taught me that work ethic – so it, it definitely can teach other people that, but I, I almost saw that there were a lot of guys that took the the football playing degree or the sports degree yeah. and really didn't spend time in the classroom. So I don't know, just maybe your thoughts on that and and the all in mentality. It's a really good way for um, an athlete who puts in the work and who's willing to go, you know, all all out and go that extra mile and put in the, you know, put in the work, really good mentality for them because they'll most likely get there, right? They'll most likely do the work necessary and achieve the end goal. However, 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 <laughs> for the people 
who have that mentality and that mindset but are not willing to put in. Like, you're not willing to train. You're not willing to, you know, do the extra practices or, you know, go to the gym and do the extra work and all that stuff, but still have that, I like, all-in mentality. Like, I'm going to go pro, man. Like, you're out partying on the weekends and stuff like that. Like, just be realistic. Be realistic. You, If you... I, I strongly believe that if you want to be the best at anything or get into that hierarchy that is the considered top tier, mm-hmm. you have to be the hardest working person in the room. 100%. Or in terms of sports on the field. Yeah. I love that Dwayne Johnson line, right? Yeah. Like, be hungry, be humble, and always be the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. Right? That is on one of the inspirational quotes somewhere. <laughs> somewhere on the wall here. <laughs> it, might be, it might be in the other room, but that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. I love Dwayne Johnson, man. That guy's, his story about how he, like, you know, also, well, he was trying to go pro. He was, yeah, and he was, he played what, ha, well, barely a game in the CFL, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it was I, cut loose. Yeah, exactly. And returned home with, like he said, seven, that's why his company's called Seven Bucks Production, right? Because he returned home, he literally had $7 to his name living on, I think it was his parents' couch at the time, and. Really didn't know where he wanted to go, and then all of a sudden he just had to make something of himself, right? Um, but that's that all-in mentality right there, and maybe it doesn't translate to sports. Like, he, he, he tried it. Yeah. didn't work out for him. But then he went home and he turned that into something else, right? Like, that all-in mentality that you're talking about, I love it for athletes because it's that confidence and it's that drive, and if they're willing to put in the hard work, they can, you know, they can do something of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for life as well with whatever it is that you're trying to do. That's why I love the gym so much. And I love working out is because it's that if you're trying to change your body, change your life, it's like, it's that all in mentality, right? It is. Yeah. I got to go there. I got to work hard. I got to, you know, eat right. Got to do all that stuff. And if you do it for a week and then go off for a week and, you know, you're back and forth, flimsy on your, on your conviction, so to speak, it's, it's not, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, I always, uh, I always tell people, and I tell my clients this too, especially because in the good life and uh, the way they sell, it's you buy two, th- two times a week, three times a week, or four times a week, right? Mm-hmm. Which is all fine and dandy at the end of the day. But I always preach to my clients, I'm like, if you really want to make this something that's going to be long-lasting and you can maintain it for a long period of time, which is you're going to have to once you get to a certain point, um, you can't just come to the gym, get the results that you want, and then, hey, I got my body that I wanted. I can stop working out altogether and go back to my old lifestyle. That's not the way it works. Now you have to maintain that lifestyle, right? Exactly. So you have to find some sort of enjoyment in it. Oh, yeah. But you also have to go hard. And I mean, and I personally believe that you need to work out at least five times a week. And the reason being is not so much for the workout itself, but you're building a habit more than anything else. Exactly. We are the product of our habits, right? Right. Like, so you can come to the gym two times a week. That's great. You're making, you're changing. That's awesome. You're, you're, you're doing something that 97% of the other people in the country aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's like my ties into my favorite quote ever. Um, you know that. And we'll, we'll get What's to that right away. Yeah, actually, just do today what other people aren't willing to, so you can do tomorrow what other people can't. My favorite quote. Right? Who's, the, who's that by? I, I can't recall yeah. who it's by, but I just love it. And yeah, and that kind of ties into yeah. what my beliefs and I talked about a bit on the bit on the last podcast is you can't guarantee tomorrow. So exactly. act now, right? Yep. 
always do what you can now and then tomorrow will fall in place. Um, but to go back onto my previous point mm -hmm. um, is that, yeah, you can come two times a week. That's great. You're, like I said, you're doing more than 97% of the other people in the country. Yep. However, you're also, how many days are in, are in a week? Seven, right? Yep. You're coming two out of those seven. So mm -hmm. there's five days a week that you're possibly letting yourself go back and revert to another part of the lifestyle where you won't want to come back to the gym. So you come two days in a row, let's say, and then you have five days off. What happens next Monday when you have to go two days in a row again? Right? Are yeah. you going to go? Yeah. Or is those, are those five days going to accumulate into a different habit? Exactly. Right? Really easy to be comfortable at home and, you know, just you get home from a long day and you're like, ah, you know what, I really don't want to go to the gym today. I'll go tomorrow. Uh, I'll go tomorrow. Uh, and then tomorrow never comes, right? It's so easy to get off track and, and to fall off the wagon. So many people do it. Yeah. Right? That's one of the things in my life that's made the biggest change just in terms of being able to accomplish things. I, I felt when I was young, everything was, I was almost over-programmed where everything was in front of me that I had to do. So the rest of time I felt was relaxation and play video games, be a kid, have fun. And so I, I always bridge the gap. And now I, in now my professional and just life, it's you have those things that you want to accomplish and how do you get there? Well, you have to plan and you have to set goals. And I know that's 100%. very much a good life philosophy, but it is also something that I've really seen from professional development literature too. Uh, David Covey's Seven Habits for Effective Management. Uh, seven seven the, Habits. The Seven Habits <laughs> of Highly Effective People. That's the there one. That's mm -hmm. the one. But that that's part of it had... Uh, scheduling and I'd never really mm -hmm. and and what I really liked about it it wasn't just the Monday through Friday what you're going to do it was your goals for the week it was your physical goals your mm -hmm. your spiritual whatever you wanted to put in there but it was okay I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes at mm -hmm. this time and just actually looking at my week and saying what do I want to accomplish where's my focus and where do I want to go and now I do it a little bit different mm -hmm. I I've, I really tried to stick with that but I always felt it difficult to you know, where would I put it? Where would I make it? And I always told myself I'd print out a bunch and I never did. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm actually much more of a fan of, of checklists in terms of nice. just the next day, what are the two or three things beyond? And I, I'm regimented in my training now for the Spartan race and then mm -hmm. there's work. So it's you, you already have those things and then you have to eat. So you only have so much time to work with. So it's it's usually the two or three things on weekdays. And then on a weekend, I'll just sometimes Friday afternoon slate out the 12 things I want to accomplish for the 10 to 12 that I want to do on the weekend and and even have that forgiveness if I don't finish all 12 because exactly you, you're you, human man you have to be re realistic and you got to live and and yeah. accomplish what you want but I was maybe interested in what you use for planning or goal setting or so I've only recently stumbled upon this within the last I would say last year um because I've been reading a lot about, you know, personal development and stuff like that as well and, and, and setting goals and, and doing that kind of stuff. And um, I love the Productivity Planner, the book. I can't remember who it's by, um, but it's just basically a, you know, a, a little book that you write down, okay, what are the major things that you need to get done this week, right? Plan that, right? Plan the major things you need to get done this week. Okay, once you're done those bad boys, what What's a secondary task that you need to get done, right? Yeah. After you get that, if you get done all those, what are the additional tasks, right? So planning that way um, for myself personally has been very 
very helpful and it's helped structure my life a lot better. I have pretty consistent like a morning ritual um, and like I guess the way my day is structured is very, you know, it's, it's the same every time. Like I'll go a little bit into my morning ritual. It's like wake up, go take a shower, cold shower. Cold shower. Cold shower. Yeah. So I got I, that from. I could um, not do that. It's it's actually a lot um, easier than you may think. The first two times suck. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. But then you just get used to it, and it helps really wake you up in the morning. Um, and I'll I'll try to wake up typically at six a.m. But I'm trying to get up at five a.m. I can't. Haven't been able to break that barrier. I'm the same yes. way. So I have like the set. I'm like okay. I want. I'm. I want to wake up at six a.m. Yeah. Every single day, but it ends up being seven a.m. Yeah. But like the way I look at it, I'm like, well, if I want to wake up at 5 a.m., I'll probably start up waking up at 6 a.m. as well. There's yeah. always that like buffer area that exactly. I give myself. Guess what time I've started waking up at? at well, least. I think your Snapchats have shown, or your, uh, sorry, Instagram stories. What is it, 420, 4 o'clock? 440 was 440. the latest one. I'm at, It's the Jocko Willing trying to get to 4.30 a.m. Yeah. every day. Well, I, there's, I, the, I, there's the ones that wake up at 3 a.m. every day. I don't understand that. <laughs> to me, that's because you would have to go to bed just in terms of getting enough rest, which yeah. I actually find important. But I'm fine with going to bed at 9.30, getting up at 4.30. That's seven hours. That's fine. Yeah. But anything beyond that, I've. I've kind of made it the 5 a.m. wake up mm-hmm. because I almost don't find there's no buses. I usually bus downtown to work. So it's there's not necessarily there. I don't need that much time right. from 430, but I just like making it that challenge and that habit. And then I have more time to work with in the morning, too. So yeah. but the 5 a.m.s become pretty standard, at least on Monday, Fridays when I do early morning cardio. Yeah. And I even like to have more time for my Spartan oriented workout on Wednesdays. So I've, it's about three times a week now that I can do it. But it's it's torturous, but in the right way, because I, I know why I'm doing it too. Exactly. And and it's actually been really rewarding because I, I, I actually look forward to waking up because I'm doing a workout in the morning mm-hmm. or maybe I'll read to get some meditation done. I haven't done that yet, but it is a goal of mine to start doing. It's awesome, man. Definitely. Definitely start that as soon as you can. Well, I sorry, I meditate yeah. frequently and, and really enjoy it. I do different forms I've already talked about. I think of it, there's active meditation and mm-hmm. relaxation meditation. So yep. I, I say active as being a little bit more conscious about what you're going through and just be in tune to your thoughts. So things like tarot are really good for that, I find. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a personal experience. But then there's the opposite side, which is the... I have the Calm app, which I really like. It yeah. was it was a nice way of starting out, and they even have the sleep stories and stuff too. So it's yeah. that's nice for relaxation and just kind of getting more in tune to yourself and and just bringing whatever whatever your feeling is. If you have an overwhelming stress or something happening, then it just brings you back down. So that's been the experience I've had lately. I like it. That's wow. crazy. There's a key principle um, when you're both of you were talking about planning out your your day, your weeks. And that, and it, it's crazy because this blew my mind when I first found out about it. And um, I only found out about it when I started working for Good Life. <laughs> and it's because of our boss yeah, um, who said, write it down. And he, he explained to me, I'm like, because I asked him one day, I'm like, why do you, why do we write my numbers on my, on this board every day? Like, I could just tell you the numbers and then go about my day and try to get a better number, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, because it makes it real. Yeah. And you write something down, you're bringing something from your mind into the physical realm. Mm-hmm. And so you're more likely to try harder when you write something down. 
So this and this plays into writing down goals or just writing out schedules and prior to prioritizing your week, right? Exactly. Colin, do you use anything for scheduling or planning? Um, no, but I do like what like I do like what's being said of us, especially about the writing things down. Like I'm I'm thinking of making you know checklists of what I want to accomplish during the week and and as Jace pointed out, you know, the writing it down and you can actually see it and you know you can you can check it off and yeah. like to me the check the check mark is a big is a big thing, you know, once you can say, well, I've accomplished that. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, it's a feel make, good feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes you feel good that you've done something that you said you were going to do. Yeah. Right? Like holding yourself accountable. And, and then yeah, and then the other side is prioritization, right? Like and and I mean and I've used this before, this analogy is if you had to eat a frog every day, <laughs> yeah, when, would you, when would you eat it, right? And, well, why wouldn't you get over with the first thing in the morning? So you have to, eat, there's no way around it. You have to eat it by at some point during the day, right? So yep. eat it first thing in the morning. So then that way everything else in your day seems so minuscule in terms of, so that's your priority, right? Exactly. Your priority is to eat that frog and then everything else falls into place. I have been on the other side before. I would say... One of the things that I was hesitant about in the beginning was always I enjoyed spontaneity. I, and I would say I'm a, I'm a creature of adventure. I'm all about the journey of just going out, doing something, and having an awesome experience that you didn't necessarily expect. Yeah. And so there's something natural about that to me. But I saw it. It just ended up too many times where you go out and you go out with friends or you just you try and find that to where it doesn't happen often enough for it to actually be successful. So you, you might as well plan to have those nights or those times within you accomplishing a bunch of different things. So I would say that transition's a big period. I, I don't know if it's adulthood that's kind of brought that on, because I think some people are born with that, that they're just, they're, for whatever reason, they're driven, they're goal setters, they're just, they mark everything down that they want to accomplish. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have that. It no. was just, it was... It was kind of, let's do what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. found I was good with that, but not necessarily with planning. It's got to be developed in a lot of people, right? Like, it's got to be. I think, yeah, I think it's more of a nurture thing mm-hmm. um, that's developed over time. Um, I'm definitely OCD about very certain things. And, and th- this is kind of the flip side of planning out my day and having checklists and that. Is that I will, when I start doing it, I have to catch myself sometimes. Because I will be like, hey, here's this category. I'm like, well... There's these other categories now. What subcategories of every category, but sometimes this subcategory belongs with this subca- subcategory. So yeah. I kind of have to find a way to relate these two. And so I, I, I get so into it that I'm like, hey, no, I got to step back from this for a second because I'm putting so much time and effort into the actual planning aspect yeah. that I'm not doing the actual work. Right. You get sucked down the rabbit hole of just like, hey, this leads to this, which leads to another thing. And, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So who's been the most influential person in your life and how have they influenced you? Oh, God. This is a... It could be a direct relation or it could be somebody through literature or even somebody you've met a teacher. It's a good question. Or or figure even. Probably if if we're going to figure, it would probably be Dwayne Johnson, honestly. Like, and, and, you know, his story, where he comes from, what he's done in his life and, and... how he's consistently um, consistently speaks of positivity and and just always working hard and and you know even when you're 
laying in your parents' couch with seven bucks to your name, you still got to, you know, put your nose down and grind hard and, and, um, you know, make something of yourself. It's funny because he had that vision of being a professional athlete and maybe it didn't end up there. Yeah. But it's funny how the people that can set that dream and then even when they don't make it, it's, okay, now what? Set that dream again and then go get it. Exactly. And, And look at what it's. And and those are the guys you look at him, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. Triple H is a good one too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a lot of wrestlers and muscle bound people. But, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys that have successfully or and females that have successfully led that transition. But he's one of those guys that it's it's went from wrestling yeah. to now a really successful acting career. And who knows what he wants to do after that? And even business too. I, I know he has a lot of different enterprises and things that he works on. So oh, yeah. it's just those driven, Project motivated Rock. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of come up lately. I started following The Rock. I, I like some of his yeah. some of his stuff. I feel like I should have wore a shirt. Top, today. <laughs> I feel like you should have as well. <laughs> yeah, get get some extra promo in there. Yeah, exactly. But no, he's he's definitely one of those inspirational figures that just. He transcended wrestling in a certain sense. For me, that was about the peak of my wrestling fandom. Yeah. And it was just, he had that character and that personality that you just gravitate towards. I would say he also opened the doorway for other wrestlers to do more in terms of... I would agree with that. Look what John (laughs) Cena did right after. What he's doing right now. I would, but there, there were guys through history in the early WWF era that you wouldn't... You wouldn't attribute it necessarily as much, but there are those guys that had roles. I know on, uh, I think it's Andre the Giant had some roles in movies. Yeah, and Princess you had, Bride. Yeah, and I like the Princess Bride. It's such an <laughs> so underrated good. movie. So good. I didn't watch it until my adulthood, but Me too. it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. But there are those other guys that have made appearances in movies and films, but. None, even Stone Cold, I think, did some around yeah. the same time as The Rock. That's but remember, true, yeah. remember how critically unacclaimed that the Scorpion King was? Yeah. But, right, yeah. but he stuck with it, and he really, he is now, Ballers is one of my favorite TV shows. He's never she- seen that yet. You it's, would like it because I would say it's the most accurate depiction of professional sport mm. and, and especially the NFL that you can get. It's just, it's honest. It's the issues that people go through and, yeah. and exactly yeah, what you expect very authentic. to do. Yeah. 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 There we are. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. is there a specific experience or event that has led you to what you're doing today? And what's your favorite part of being a trainer? Specific event or experience. I could say, get a little deep for a second here. Good. So after my sports career was done and um, like I no longer had that dream to kind of hold on to. And like I said, I was really just in university for, for sports. And after I basically injured myself and I was out and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't play sports anymore. Um, I came back and I was kind of just, not lost, but I didn't really know where, which, like, you know, where to aim, right? Which direction to go into. Um, but the thing that was always a constant for me was going to the gym. Like, it was always just going, working out, and, like, you know, making yourself feel better, right? So I remember just every day where, you know, I was not having a really good day or, or you know, I just was feeling aimless at the time or anything like that. 
I would always go to the gym. I would always go to the gym. I remember one day I went to the gym four times. I went to the gym in the morning, went home, went to the gym in the afternoon because I was having a bad day, went home, went to the gym again in the evening, went home, and then woke up and went to the gym at like 2 a.m. or something stupid like that because I was like, I just need to go. Like, I need to go home, you know, and feel better. Um, so because I was so drawn to that, cause that was the one place where it's like, you know what, you're just here, you're working on yourself, you're making yourself feel better. You're pushing yourself hard. You know, that everything, all the hard work that you're, that you're doing right now is paying off. And even though I was always an athlete, I was always a really chubby kid. I'm not going to lie. My nickname, here's a little, don't use this and against that can be me. Something we could talk about too is, yeah, that's how that transition happened. Yeah. That's um, my nickname growing up was actually Chubbs from my family. Chubbs Peterson. From your family. Yeah, from my family. (laughs) Chubbs Peterson. So it was always like, you know, always trying to work on myself in the gym and stuff like that. But um, to go to the gym and actually see my body changing and like, you know, and and know that I'm feeling better um, mentally. And um, it was really... I guess you could say it hit home that that was the place where I, I should just, you know, I should, I should be, I should work, you know, with people. I should bring my friends and family there that we're having a hard go at it or, you know, we're having a tough time in life and they need something to do. They need something to make them feel better. Come to the gym with me. Trust me, it'll make you feel better, right? Just push yourself, work hard. This is only benefiting you. Why not, right? Just do it properly. <laughs> just don't hurt yourself, right? Um, so I, I, Segwaying into that, I guess you could say it was because that was a place where I felt so at home and so natural to be. Um, I just, it naturally resonated with me to become a personal trainer, right? To be in the gym all the time, to be in the place where I feel the most at home and to be in the place where I I can help not only myself, but anybody else who was willing to be helped, right? Yeah, that's definitely something in my own mission statement on my resume it's literally like i want to make a positive difference in people's lives and even how this has come about the be the change group and this podcast it's Mm -hmm. just been that it's how do i make that help people make that positive change and how do i directly make that positive change with people so it might be in a little bit of a different way and i actually i've obviously sport has taught me so much and i love being involved in it but it's kind of finding my direct way of doing that and actually if all goes well, it looks like I'll be taking over a role, an executive director role at a community center. So, That's awesome. And it seems that it's likely going to happen. So I'm excited for that. It's, it'll be a new chapter. But again, it's, it's going to be making that direct difference with people and helping them live active, active, positive, healthy lives. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And it's, it's also that it's also stressful too to just you're going towards the unknown, which 100%. is which is always, especially when you're in those times, and it's usually not long lasting. But you're very satisfied with where you are. I I just look back at the journey, and I I even recently was in that pit mm-hmm. that I don't know what I'm gonna do now. Yeah, uh, and it was trying to set up youth programming. Actually, I I went through the process of. Uh, making my own business plan, shopping it around, having a full idea, having programming to offer, knowing exactly what it would look like, building websites, like working on things that I'd never done and then realizing when it wasn't possible, at least uh, do it the way that I felt was worth investing in Mm -hmm. and investing in all the equipment and time. And I had to eat and I have to pay for bills. And so it just didn't make sense. There was no return in in sight. So Mm -hmm. it just 
that that set me. I literally remember getting home at a meeting with somebody. I got home, sat on the couch, and I don't think I left for two days. Mm-hmm. I just watched TV, and and it was it, that was that transition to. There were a couple months where it was just what what now? What mm-hmm. do I want to accomplish? Where do I want to go? But it's so nice to look back on that, and even in those times, I might not have told you it in every single day, but I had that hope that one day I'm going to get to where I want to be. And and now looking back, I'm not there yet, which I don't know if there's ever going to be that feeling of I'm there. There's There there are those certain times where you at least feel accomplished, yes, where something's exactly. happened. When we had our first podcast, it wasn't, it was still stressful, but it was that accomplishment. We actually have this up and running and it's a real because thing. It's, it's yeah. not a real thing until you're doing it. And you got to celebrate those moments too, man. Like a hundred percent, you got to take the time. And we actually yeah. did. We, yeah. I, I brought some bubbly, and we we just <laughs> we sat around because. But it is it's important to have that gratitude, and I do have so much gratitude towards everyone for being involved and helping out and supporting because it doesn't happen without that too. So mm-hmm. it's it's great to have those moments, but then it's okay. Now we got to build, and we got to go from here. Exactly. So it's, it's almost. The journey's never done, but you have to enjoy it as yep. much as possible. So uh, what does success look like to you, and how will you know when you've made it? See, that for me is ever-changing. Um, initially, when I become a personal trainer, I was like, oh, success for me would be you know, being fully booked and helping as many people as I possibly can. And then once I got to that point, I'm like, oh, okay, well. What's next? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, maybe one day I'd love to open up my own gym and do something like that, right? And uh, don't know if I'd do it in Winnipeg because this place is just saturated with gyms. But anyways, um, and then after that, like I, I always wanted to get in. I always wanted to get into acting, and Jace knows this. Um, and then just one of our coworkers who 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 knows that realm and and how to get into that. So I started doing background and extra. Uh, work right and doing acting that way and i'm like oh well you know maybe i want to get um get a bit role or something like that or or go even you know get more get an actual role in a in a tv show or in a film or something like that um so my goal for success is changing but basically the underlying theme and all of it is i want to be the best at whatever it is that i'm doing like i want to be the best trainer that i can be i want to help the most amount of people that i can help um, I want, if I'm going to get into acting, I want to be like the best version of myself at acting that I can, you know, that I can be. Um, I'm in talks with, uh, one of our coworkers, um, to, to start our own podcast. Right. right. And, um, like if, if we do do that, I want to be, like, well, I want to make that a big thing. You were the one that turned me on to, to, that showed me anchor. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Where we mainly distribute our podcast, which is an extremely useful site. Yes. Nope. Huge, right? Yeah, and they're not paying me to say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Although, hey, Anchor, how hey, you doing it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wink, wink. But yeah, so like, su- success for me is is ever-changing. Um, and I know a lot of young people, we want success one way or another. Um, but realistically, what I think it looks like for me is just being the best version of myself. And I know that's a cheesy line, forgive me, but um, it's terrible. Yeah, I know I'm just the worst. <laughs> but being the best best version of myself and consistently and constantly growing, right? Becoming like just reading, you know, taking these courses, doing things like this. Which, like, like I said, I'm an introverted person. To me, 
this is terrifying to do, mm-hmm. right? Open up like this for, you know, however many listeners um, will be hearing my, uh, my voice. But beautiful radio voice. Yeah, the, just the beautiful radio <laughs> voice. Radio um, face for sure, but. <laughs> but, but you're here, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And, like, constantly trying to do things that, you know, will make you uncomfortable but will make you grow as a person, right? Yeah. So I, I always tell people um, it's, I'd rather or I, I, I personally would rather worth do wow. How do I phrase this? Go on. I'd rather try and fail at something than yes. regret not trying at all. 100%. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think people are so scared of trying and like, you don't realize what's the worst that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then I always do this for myself. I'm like, and, and this actually for this podcast as well. When Riley asked me, I'm like, well, do I really want to put in the work? Do I really want to be on mic? Like, and I'm not, and I have stage fright, right? I, I, and that's oh, yeah. why I took theater, right? Yeah. It's to, to help myself deal with it. And I almost dropped out of theater right before I started it because it, the anxiety gets yeah. to you. But I, I'll sit down, and this comes into the whole writing things down, is that I'd, co- I'd write down reasons of why I don't want to do it mm-hmm. and why I do want to do it. And then I would put it on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do I want to do this? And this comes into motivational interviewing mm-hmm. when you talk to things, people like clients, potential clients. Yeah. And if it's anything other than a one, you ask yourself or you ask them, why isn't it lower? And then it just creates this psychological effect where, well, I got to do this. So we, maybe you have an exam to study for and you don't want to study. And you're like, well, how much, how much do you want to study for, the, for this exam? Well, it's a two out of ten. Well, why isn't it a one out of ten? You mean ten well, out of ten? Would it be higher on the scale? Well, if you don't want to, you don't want to study for it, right? Oh, okay. So it's all, it's as low as possibly can, but it's not a one; it's a two. So it's it's almost there, right? Yeah. But it's not a one. So why isn't it a one? Well, if I don't study, I'm not going to pass, and if I don't pass, then I'm not going to get into the school that I want, et cetera, et cetera. Or my parents are going to be super disappointed in me. So suddenly, I'm creating reasons in my head as I'm explaining why it's not a one to why I need to study for yeah. this exam. And that goes for anything in life. Like, why? What are the reasons why I should be on this podcast? What could? Well, it fits in with what I believe in. I believe in personal development. I believe Mm -hmm. in bettering people's lives. So why wouldn't I share that the knowledge that I have while not only learning from others like you, Josh, Riley, and Colin, and bettering myself for it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, there's really no downside to it other than I'm using my time. But it's a time for a good cause. Yeah. Right. And you're exposing yourself to the world too, right? You're yeah. opening yourself up, what you believe in, who you are, and everything about about Jace to the world, right? Exactly. That's like, yeah, that that's huge. Um, so you kind of touch base on possibly opening up a gym somewhere. Is that uh, like day. a future prospect for you? That would be like a future prospect for me, right? Like, I I'd, I'd love one day to be able to open up my own gym and be my own boss and and stuff like that. But um, realistically, right now need experience and knowledge right it's some this is like a 10-year goal 10 15 year goal right so at what point and i know you're an avid reader because you've mm-hmm. recommended i don't know how many books my <laughs> my book list between you and eddie has grown twofold since yes. i've started working at good life um what kind of got you into that whole personal development like into reading and and kind of bettering yourself you know i honestly i i don't think I could tell you what the one moment was where I, you know, where I was just like, oh, I'm going to start reading. I was never read like you touch base on this on the notes. 
Um, were you studious? Were you always a reader? Not whatsoever. <laughs> like, not at all. Like, I remember when I was just starting to read, I had this big uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, biography, Total Recall. I've read that thing twice now. But when I was first reading through it, I was about halfway through, and this is a big book, and I was visiting my family in Michigan, and my sister um, walked in, and she's like, what are you doing? You're reading? <laughs> like, that's not, who is this, right? Like, when did you start doing this? And yeah. kind of just like, I laughed at myself because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't know where this started, but it was just funny that I was starting to, you know, snowball effect. And now I'm all about having like a big book, uh, library and like tons of books and stuff like that. But um, I would say where I really started to get into personal development, um, like where I really started to hunker down on it was I read Tools of Titans by uh, Tim Ferriss and just reading all of those those people's stories and like um, Dominic D'Agostino, the guy uh, who I read in that book, who he, he actually, that's the reason why I fell down the ketone train and like ketosis and all that from that book. Um, but just reading all of those people's stories and who they were and what they're about and what they do in their day-to-day life to become successful and, you know, who they've created, who they are, and like 80% of them were goal set, meditate and personal development right those three big things and ever since like i read that book i've just been you know sucked down the train of all three of those things right that wasn't the first book i read i i have read that whole thing and it's funny because they said it's a tome if you've ever seen it but i read it front to back because i went it's it what i took from it was it's nice to know the different things that people successful people as defined by themselves but successful people in in a lot of different realms what are they doing what are the habits and i really took that out of it the mindfulness Mm -hmm. the the planning the goal setting everything i took that away from it but then i found the thing i find with his is it's almost a little bit uninspired it's Mm -hmm. because i just finished reading the four hour work week as well and it's it's a lot to do with automation and just getting rid of your workload so you can focus on what you want to do and part of it for him was traveling the world. And yes, he's right. accomplished a lot of different things, which is awesome. And yeah, I think there's lessons to be learned from that for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, take control of your work week and your work hours so that you mm-hmm. can do more of what you want. Right. That book is but, tailored towards a certain kind of person, right? But it was, it, it seemed that the purpose behind it was a little bit lacking. And even with Tools of Titans, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to try everything. Why? Because it seems that he hasn't found what he's looking for, which right. it's good to have that curiosity. And I think that's important, but it's nice to have that. It, again, it's that thing that brings me home is always helping people. Yeah. And so it's, and I guess in, in a way that those books do, but I feel like the purpose and, and finding your purpose is maybe the most ins- important thing. Mm-hmm. I think that falls in line with Simon Sinek's start with why, but it's yes. almost ingrained in your own personal identity yep. what's what's your why exactly and then then live that outward exactly because there's a lot of other people out there that that have the same why as you but they're you know a lot of people are you know afraid to step up and say their why right they just they don't want to be um how to put it like you know how he talks about apple in that um book a lot right apple's why yeah they, that's how they created what they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't want to be the face of, of, a, of a company or of a, you know, of a venture of, you know, a lot of things in life. And I like what you say, like people, once you find your why, 
and a lot of people will share your why, they, they gravitate towards it, right? Um, now, I can't remember where I was going off with that tangent, but... <laughs> no, it, it's funny because I... Again, it goes back to working together. I always knew there was an unspoken connection, and we got it connected more recently, but it was... Mm-hmm. It's funny just having those conversations, and you know, and even I had the same thing with Jace as well, where it was we play dodgeball together but you kind of you just yeah. gravitate but eventually you just gravitate towards the people you know you might have that unspoken connection with but it's nice when it is finally spoken and that connection's made and even even learning about your story today I'm, I see so many parallels between mm-hmm. and it's not just the playing of football and no. it's 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 really the life trajectory and what we want to accomplish and very mm-hmm. similar minded and so it's kind of nice to just know that there's people like ourselves, but that you can connect with out in the world too. And it's, I think there's a lesson in that where maybe and personally I should be more open. That's something that I really struggle with too. And I might seem like an extrovert. I know everybody, <laughs> and it's funny because every, yeah. everybody around this table, I would say self-identifies as an introvert. Yeah. And I would say Definitely. I am at times and at times I'm an extrovert yeah. and I, I try and bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. I wish I were more open, but I also see that as sometimes it's unsustainable. You only have so much energy. You only have so mm-hmm. much. But it, it is part of that is pushing yourself out of the comfort zone, too, and, mm-hmm. and trying to do new things. But that's what the cool thing, doing music lately and performing in front of people and yeah. trying comedy, It's that's a demon in itself because <laughs> that is – you are faced with your fears and your anxieties, yep. and you have two decisions. You you could walk out the door and not perform, and probably nobody would know the difference, or you can go up, try it. You might suck. I, I've had good times and bad times. Well, and then music, it becomes to facing rejections, and how can you face rejections, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and oftentimes we dwell on our failures too much, and we don't necessarily take the lessons from them as much as we necessarily should. Right. And... I'm getting more, it's, I think in reflection, it becomes so much more clear on maybe that was meant to happen. Maybe those going through injuries or failures, it's all of a sudden you're, you have to deal with some sort of obstacle to overcome. And once you get there, Mm -hmm. it's so rewarding to just be, I got to where I wanted to be. There were things put, there's always going to be things put in your way or always excuses. There are always reasons not to do that thing. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, when you make that jump, when you actually go do it, it becomes that much less intimidating. And then you can start to build from there, too. So that's, And that's with anything. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's podcasting, mm-hmm. being an owner of a gym. You're gonna, you'll either find your way or you might fall on your face, but you're probably going to be better for it. Exactly. Is, if you put your whole self into it. Yeah, is, and you is, learn from your failures, right? Yeah. So kind of along the same lines, you really come from a place of, I would say drive and positivity. Mm-hmm. So where does that come from and, and what gives you that purpose? And then maybe on the flip side, how do you de- deal with negative people in situations? Drive and positivity come from. I've, I think I've always been a relative, like always been a positive person. Um, the drive is, like I said, from having my family with such a strong sports background. Um, it's like, you gotta, you gotta drive, right? You gotta push hard. You gotta work hard. Um, and then just from from sports, right? That trans translates to regular life when it comes to you know being the best trainer that you can, or you know being the best podcaster that you can be, and and pushing yourself forward. 
um, positivity towards other people. So this also comes from sports, and it's kind of a funny thing. You want to know what the first, like, the biggest award that um, resonates with me that I received growing up? Sportsmanship. So it was cool to me as a, as a young kid growing up that sportsmanship was rewarded, that it was noticed that people, you know, um, reacted positively something to it. Something that everyone should be doing. Someone, something that literally every, everyone should be doing, yeah. right? You should just try to be a good person. Like, it's just morally right, right? You should try to be friendly. You should try to make other people happy. You should try, you know, to be a good person. Um, and especially through sports, um, because I played football, I played baseball, I played, you know, across Canada, I played in the United States, like, with a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different players, and, and um, being positive and having that sportsmanship is just, that's the thing that makes a team and, like, a group of people gel well together. Do you know what I mean? And perform well together. Mm-hmm. Like, Jace can speak very, um, like, to this, is that at our club, at our gym, everybody who we work with, like we gel very well together. Like we're all very positive with each other when we're together. Yeah, yeah, right? uh, and those are the typically the people that last. Right? Yeah, there. exactly. It's always the people that are willing. You know, they're they're saying hi, they're smiling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. So you're saying I'm a little bit. Of a <laughs> yeah. Sheep, yeah. Well, I think we're tailoring this more towards the trainer yeah, side. Yeah, let me tailor this towards yeah. the trainer side. I I kind of knew that's what you were talking about. I really didn't take any of it. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting that you bring uh, awards into it and, and when you brought up sportsmanship I was like crazy because I, I actually was thinking about this the other day Yeah, the award that's always and not even in sports and academics and anything really the award that's always kind of resonated with me the most is most improved mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone looks down on it I feel or I maybe that's just me and my personal opinion of it is that like you have the top performer and that's the biggest award and then your last award and like hey most improved right because yeah. they, they weren't the top. They might be the middle of the pack, but maybe they came from the mid- the bottom and got to the middle. Yep. Right? But it's it's the gap, right? You, the top performer is the top performer. Um, and then the most improved got that much closer to the top performer. Yep. Like that, to me, that's huge. <laughs> so <going>. good. Well, <laughs> I just laugh because I won most improved player for Same my here. time well, in there high you go. school. <laughs> and, and on a... Triple A, so the top division championship winning team. And so part of that, it, it, yeah. And it was funny because I run into one of the coaches. I still help coach as much as I can too. Nice. But one of the coaches said, I voted for you the most, the most valuable player because I, I mean, that year I did play offense, defense, specials and had a really good postseason too. But so I take that, I take that with a lot of pride, but it's, I never really took winning the most improved. Nobody wants to win the most improved, but it, it is funny to be like, yeah, I came in. I was, they called me Rudy. But I think I, I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> there's still guys to this day, especially the guys older than me that called me Rudy because I was, I came in grade 10 and I have a later on birthday. So I, and I hadn't really hit the growth spurt yet. So I was probably five, seven, but I was chubby. I wasn't in great shape. Yep. And then all of a sudden flash forward, I'm 195, but in, I had a six pack in grade twelve, and I'm five nine, but I was strong enough yeah. to yeah. to push people around and play fullback and not leave and and in good enough shape to not leave the field. So it was yeah. 
it was nice to have that experience. See, when I see someone getting the most improved, I just think like, wow, that person must have put in so much work to get to where they are. And if they keep going on that tangent, they're going to be that top performer, whatever the award that may be in the future, right? And it always boils down to mentality. And the, the analogy I always use is if you are a runner, for example, a marathon runner or just a sprinter, and you run with people who are slower than you, yeah, you're always going to win. You'll ha- always be the top performer, mm. but your time is not going to get better. Yeah. However, if you're always running with people that are far better than you, Olympic runners, yeah, you're going to lose by l- huge amounts every single time, but your time is always going to mm. be better. But you'll get better. So you're always improving. Exactly. So it's, I mean, I'm not speaking ill of the top performer, but the top performer has its limit. Yep. And even when you become the top, um, I forget who said this, but you, have, you have to treat yourself like your second best mm-hmm. so that you're always improving on yourself. Because if you treat yourself like you're the best, you're just going to fall off. Exactly. Something about being surrounded by highly motivated, driven people, right? People that are really good at what they do that will pull you up to their level or at least make you try, right? Yeah. Make you try harder so that you achieve more. Yeah. So most improved, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'd, before we f- lose sight of it, this is kind of be on the back of my head, mm-hmm. is um, talking about um, kind of your fitness regimen, mm-hmm. supplements that go with it, and then kind of leading that into uh, ketones, unless Riley had something else to add to the, the No, we can go on this for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll add one no, more sorry. thing to what you, one of the questions you asked, because I didn't answer one of them, which was how do you deal with negative people? Positivity. The, yeah. The only way you can combat negativity is with positivity. Because if you just allow them to be negative, 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 negativity breeds negativity, right? And it can be toxic sometimes. What all you can do is try to be as positive as possible. And if it gets to the point where you can't do that anymore and it's just not working, then you remove yourself from that situation. That's how I deal with it personally. I think that's a very mature way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Ferriss I'm going to talk about him again. I like it. I feel like I, I stick to one podcaster, other podcaster, and talk about them a lot. But <laughs> I just left, finished listening to uh, his inter- interview with Daniel Pink. Yeah. And something very similar he said is, um, and how do you deal with negative people? And he's like, I don't. Um, I assume everyone's positive. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to them to prove that they're negative to me. And then yeah. I don't deal with negative people. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That's a perfect answer. One of the quick things, it was on the flip side of sportsmanship because it's something that I've, it's, you come across this at certain levels in sport and I'm sure that you know about this, but just performance enhancing drugs. And I just, it was internally through my space and, and my morality wouldn't allow me to do it. I knew people around me were doing it in certain in certain places and spaces and you see the guys at the gym too. And so it seems that it's ingrained its way in sport. But part of that is sportsmanship to me is, is why I'm so surprised that people are willing to take the easy way out (laughs) and to say, that's what I need to get to the next level. And, and I think part of that was in my mind of it, you know, is that what it took to become pro or is that Mm -hmm. what it took? And I wasn't willing to do that. I wanted to push myself naturally as far as possible. So I wondered your experience with that, too. You know, from uh, football-wise, I can't honestly remember anybody um, using 
performance enhancing drugs or anything like that. I know um, with baseball, when I went down to the States, not here in Canada, but when I went down to the States, that was something that was prevalent, right? Um, But here's my viewpoint on that. I do not condone it whatsoever. I don't like it. I think it's cheating. I think it's, you know, it's just, you should enjoy the struggle and the grind and, and then you can really appreciate the rewards because you know that it was all you and it wasn't something else. But I can see where these people are coming from by using it to get into the MLB or the NFL or the or hockey, right? Because they're doing it from a point where they just want to get there so they can make their millions of dollars and make a name for themselves. And, and you know, some people aren't willing to um, – some people don't care about the consequences of, of what it is that they're doing, right? Um, and I understand it, but I don't – I, I don't agree with it. I always find it unfortunate where when money becomes the primary focus of achieving anything. Yeah. I'm like, well, in my opinion, I'm like, you're looking at it wrong now. When exactly. money becomes that focus. Yeah. Unless it's maybe a career in money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so from my personal experience, I've never, you know, I've never really seen or had to deal with anybody who used it other than, you know, the uh, guys in the gym just, just run around. Uh, sounding like a gorilla in there, <laughs> slamming weights and stuff like you got that. Got a few of those. Oh my god. Anywho, <laughs> it's silly when it just becomes for aesthetic reasons too, because you know yeah. that that stems from a very unhealthy place, and that's even a, aside from the bodybuilding. It's more so just when you see just the regular juice monkey at the yeah. gym that's yeah. got veins out to his, you know, yeah. he's yeah. got the neck three times too large well, for yeah. his head. Yeah. Well, it stems from an unhealthy place and it could potentially lead to a very unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the way I see it is if you're using it for that that purpose, like you're just trying to, you know, make yourself look aesthetic or, you know, change your body. It's like you're just cheating. Just do it. Just do it right. Do it naturally. You know, enjoy the process. Realize that. Just like in life, anything worthwhile takes time, just like building that body that you want. It's going to take time. It's going to suck, but it's going to be worth it, Mike. So full cycle now. Yep. Now let's get into supplements. Go on. So it's actually been a thought that I had recently mm-hmm. because I've I've definitely went down the supplement train. Yep. And I used to swear by pre-workouts, creatine, BCAAs multivitamins and I would have my regimen and I would have my shake and then I would probably need another one before I had football practice. So, and I would say that I became so, I became addicted to caffeine definitely and having that, a stimulant in my system before I I trained and very much to, I would say an unhealthy degree. Mm -hmm. And I I a little bit became fixated on the mirror too, the aesthetics of, I I got obsessed with looking good Mm -hmm. and it was, Yes, it was to play sport, but it was also that kind of unhealthy, oh, now I look good and I'm getting attention for this. And coming from a guy who hadn't really got that before, it was very much a different experience. But now flash forward, I drink coffee and that's probably my worst habit that I have right now is drinking a little too much coffee. (laughs) But but now I'm taking no supplements, Mm -hmm. but I would say I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, I've switched to a paleogenic diet. Nice. (laughs) Not ketogenic, paleo. <laughs> Is it paleogenic? Paleo? Whatever. Sounds Anyways, right. it sound it sounded really intelligent when I said it, and then I went, "It might just be paleo." This sounds like a good diet. Uh, yeah. The name I'm going to do. You throw genic on the end, and paleo it just sounds unreal. paleo extreme something. I don't know. That's that's how you'd sell it, right? But so basically, just more of a natural diet, 
And yeah. so I'm watching what I put in my body and no gluten, basically, other than my two pizzas I ate the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I said that that's a life accomplishment, accomplishment, I and I did is. not. I did not set out to do that, but I was so unsatisfied with my. <laughs> introduce you to ketogenic pizza. pizza. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, I really God. do that and the waffles. So good. So, anyways, I wanted you to get into <laughs> supplementation, the ketogenic diet. What's drawn you to it, and what should we know about it, and what's so great about it? So, supplements. Very much like yourself, I used to be like, oh, BCAAs and pre-workout and creatine and glutamine and, you know, protein powders. Oh, I got to have my isolate. Oh, but no, I need my, you know, um, like just everything with it, right? I used to think that that's what you needed in the gym. Like that's 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 the way it is, right? You look at 90%, especially like young men, right? Yeah. Young men that are going to the gym. Um, it's just like, hey, man, do you have you take your pre-workout do you have your protein shake after this are you using creatine right now or are you off of it like you know it's just now that i'm a bit older and wiser i realize you don't need all that stuff yeah, you don't need to spend 300 dollars a month no. on supplements exactly i haven't taken protein powder since like i haven't bought protein powder um there's as jace knows there's a big cupboard full of it at um <laughs> At our gym. Yeah, our shared um, cupboard. Our shared cupboard of, of supplements, of protein and creatine and all that. I haven't used protein probably in two months. And before that, it's, it's probably like another two or three months. Um, creatine, uh, I am using right now just because I was given it as a gift. Before that, I haven't had creatine in like two, three years. Um, glutamine, anything like that. Like I don't, I don't think supplements are necessary, Right. Depending on what it is that you're that you're doing, right? Like if you're training for sports and you need that that extra strength boost of of using creatine or of using glutamine for recovery and stuff like that, like you can do it. It's just you don't need to. For the average person, you know, ninety nine percent of the population, you don't need to use that stuff. There's no point, right? Unless you're not getting enough from your diet. Like protein yeah. supplement is great if you're not getting enough from your diet. Yeah, I haven't used protein in over a year. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about going back on it, not for the sake of what it, the benefits me. Mm -hmm. It's more of because I've cut my calories so much that yeah. if I feel that I'm hungry, I can have a protein shake and then get my protein intake rather than be like tempted to run across the street to Tim Hortons exactly. and get something full of complex carbs. Yeah, exactly. And so... It has a point to it, right? Like I'm all for multivitamins and, and antioxidants and fish oils and stuff like that, right? Um, because I, I believe that, you know, 100% of the population doesn't get enough uh, nutrients from their foods, like from the foods that they eat during the day. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, creatine, uh, glutamine, pre-workout, post-workouts, all that stuff, I, you, don't, you don't need it, right? Well, you... Both of us, actually, we both take veggie greens mm -hmm. um, on a daily basis. Um, do you think something like that's necessary? If, if you know you're not going to get it through your diet, yes. Like, the beautiful thing about veggie greens and the reason I take it is because I know that I'm not going to eat seven servings of vegetables a day, right? right? And like, mo most people won't. And most people won't, right? So if you know that you're not going to get your vegetables, take something like that. If you know you're not going to get the protein intake that you need during the day, take something like that, right? Aren't those seven servings from the Canada Food Guide, though? And haven't we 
a little bit disproven. They said you need so much milk and mm-hmm. meats and alternatives, and you wheat. need that gluten. <laughs> yeah. You need so much wheat, but depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? Like you're you're having a paleo diet right now, right? You need your a certain amount of of vegetables, of protein, of, of carb intake. You have to limit. Um, depends on what you're trying to do, right? What diet you're trying to to eat. Um, I would say just for overall health, you should try to eat as many servings of vegetables as you can a day, right? Um, and I'm sure you all agreed with that. Um, but if you have a job where you could possibly be, you know, standing on your feet for seven, eight, nine hours straight, right? Or working, you know, at a desk and you need to plug away and you really need to work hard on something, you know, you're not going to have the time to get away and to eat, um, your seven servings or whatever it is, your protein, stuff like that. Supplements are very, very helpful and handy in that situation. Um, but going down the whole ketogenic train there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the way I got into that was through Tools of Titans with Tim Ferriss um, via Dominic Diagostino. Uh, Dr. Dom Diagostino, sorry. I believe Tim Ferriss is also a backer of He is of now. Ketogenics. After, he, um, uh, after he talked about to Dom Diagostino and, and really delved into all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He became a, a big fan of it and started using it. But um, Joe Rogan's had him on the podcast. Yeah, Joe Rogan is also yeah. on that as yeah. well. Yeah, he uses the supplements and all that stuff. Um, mainly the reason why I got into it was the brain-boosting capacity of it because you're, you're, it's proven that your brain works better off of ketone bodies than it does off of glucose. Right, your brain runs smoother. It thinks better. It works better. Right. Think of it as glucose is you know regular fuel and ketones is premium fuel. Right. So I'm all about self optimization. I like I just you know personal development, going to the gym consistently, working, making yourself healthier, pushing yourself out of your boundaries, and and trying to better yourself. I'm all about just trying to be the best version that you can be. Right. Because another good quote I like is Memento Mori. Which, from Ryan Holiday, ego is the enemy and the daily stoic and obstacle is the way. Um, Jace knows this one very well. Yeah. What does it mean, Jace? No, you do it. You say it. It's fine. <laughs> take it. Take the All fame right. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so they, this is sound grim and it kind of relates back to what you guys were talking about on your very last podcast um, about death. Right? Memento Mori translates directly to remember you have to die. Right? Yeah. So inevitably you're going to have to die one day. Like it's, it's going to happen as grim as it may sound. Think of it from a positive standpoint. You have one life to work as hard as you possibly can to achieve as much as you possibly can to strive as hard as you possibly can and to make as much out of yourself as you possibly can. Right. Is that the quote you believe the most in? I would say, yeah. Yeah. Is that why you got it tattooed on you? Yeah. It's my my first tattoo was Memento Mori. And very nice tattoo. Yeah. Thank you, sir. But um, because I believe in it so much, it's like, yeah, it sounds grim. Remember, you have to die. But remember, at the same time, you can make something outstanding of yourself. I forget who said this. I think it was. I remember Jim Rohn said it, um, but I can't remember where the quote is from. And it's, you know, how or sorry, let me phrase this properly. God gave us the dignity of choice when achieving how far we can possibly go, right? So you have the choice, whereas, you know, a tree doesn't have, this is the way he worded it, a tree doesn't have uh, a choice in growing as tall as it possibly can. Dog doesn't have a choice in being, you know, the kind of dog that it's going to be, 
Everything doesn't have a choice. We as human beings have a choice, right? We have a choice to work as hard as we want to work, to be what we want to be. You know, if you just want to sit at, back at home and watch TV all the time and, you know, be lazy and not really make something of yourself, go ahead and do it if that's what makes you happy. But and you also have a choice of how you interpret every situation. A hundred percent. That walks back to that positivity, negativity aspect as well, right? Negative people just focus on negative aspects of their life where positive people always try to find the one up of, of whatever situation. You touched on this a little bit where it's like, okay, was failure really failure? Or did it just bring you closer to something that you want to achieve? And it's funny because part of it seems ingrained to there's there's certain people and it's even direct in in the circle where you can tell the people that have a negative outlook and that have a positive. I've I've went through the, those negative stages and felt myself being sucked into that. Oh, but yeah. somehow I always have that. It's almost a light. And that's probably just for the fact that everybody says there's the light at the end or yeah. whatever. But it's. I, I've always had that hopefulness that you can bounce back and you can really achieve, you can get to where you want to be. And so even in those dark moments, and I'll, I've tried to give up before, but I, it's, it's something within myself that just goes, mm-hmm. nope, that's not what you're supposed to do. And, and it just, it doesn't work out. Yeah. It, and, and so even in those bad times, I've found my way through. And then on the other side, kind of risen up again and, and built myself better than before. So you almost need those. Uh, I, and I see that as, as very much the Taoist. You hit the bottom and then you rise back up. And so there's, there's two sides of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just part of the human experience a little bit to me. Exactly. So, and there's not always going to be, um, you know, it's not, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, right? There's going to be some times when life really sucks. And you're going to have to get through that no matter what. It's just going to be how do you, what do you take from that experience? Do you use it as like to progress yourself and, and to, you know, push your life forward in a positive way or do you dwell on it? Do you think, oh, I've been cheated. Oh, I've been, you know, um, life is so wrong to me and all this stuff. It's like, everybody goes through hardships, man. We're, we're the protagonist of our own necessary. story. What's that? It's necessary. I yeah, think. it's ne- and necessary. It's yeah, exactly. We're like, it's, we're all going through the hero's journey, right? Yeah. I'm sure you can attest to that. Like, we're all going through the hero's journey, and we have to get through our own struggles. We have to, you know, push through. But inevitably, it'll all pay off. Yeah, Where did you get the hero's journey from? Did oh, you? God. Where did I? Because I, I, uh, Jordan Peterson goes through it in his mm-hmm. biblical lecture series, and I oh, found yeah. it was really that lecture series. Mm-hmm. I found myself. I have a. I would almost say my own Bible yeah. of just. It, and it started out as kind of an entertainer's handbook, and it's led into, like, achieving life handbook and entertainment and all these different things. Mm-hmm. But I just started writing quotes upon quotes upon quotes. I have the same thing. And, and just everything he said and all the stories, because it's once you get below the surface, because mm-hmm. you can take biblical stories for their words and you can take them for... But if you, it's once you look at context and once you look at, you know underneath the surface what the the meanings are and what you can take from that and what what the maybe the hyperbole or whatever it is is within those stories it becomes so much more the fact that he could open up that experience like that's a great teacher and a great leader because he, he can open up the bible something that we've kind of disregarded as not being important make it relevant teach lessons through it and say you know i'm not saying you have to be religious but there are 
the fact that this book is still standing, there's obviously a reason that that people gravitated towards it so long, why people followed the teachings. So 100%. let's look at this a little bit objectively and say, what can we take from this? Mm-hmm. And that's why I love, like, I love Jordan Peterson. Like, um, I got that from, from my boss, Eddie. He's like... Yeah, Sam. Yeah, and... Especially what he does with religion, like like you called out there, um, just the meanings behind the stories and everything like that. Like I was, I was raised a Christian, uh, and now I would say I'm agnostic. But um, I, after being Christian, I kind of just disregarded the Bible and religion and everything for a long time. And then hearing him talk about the stories and and what they truly meant and what you know what was the message behind everything, that with me really started to resonate, and I started like oh like. You know, there's some there's some good stuff behind this. We sh- maybe we shouldn't just disregard it altogether. You know, um, and I just love Jordan B. Peterson. How he talks about you know like his book that um, that he just came out with, Twelve Rules for Life: An Antidote to Chaos. So good. I've listened to it. Like I I do audio books and as well as physical books, and I've listened to it three times now, and it's like wow. a sixteen hour read or listen, right? And um, yeah, just get, the message that he portrays to everyone. Guess what's on its way to my mailbox right now. Nice, good yeah. man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. And and the message behind it, you know, like it's just it's something that I feel like every person should should read. Every person should should try to live by these rules. Yeah. I'm so surprised that he's a such a controversial figure and that they yeah. attribute him to the alt right. It seems that if you're if you're any kind of against the extreme left ideologies that you're now plugged into the alternative right and that you hate everybody and you want to watch the world burn. Yeah. But yeah. Meanwhile, it's it's kind of, it seems like we need these figures that are just pull us back to the middle and bring back a sense of balance to the world. And I feel that he is very much that. Mm-hmm. And it has been it has been a lot of young men that have gravitated towards it, but even in one of the last discussion groups, one of the females there talked about reading, wanting to start his, uh, his oh, what's it called? The online writing, the uh, personal, auth- personal authoring yeah. Oh, yeah. or self-authoring program. Yeah, program so, yeah. And so, and the fact that that might become part of university, uh, you're basically the first things you do in university because they've shown it to be so successful because what does it do? It maps out your path to success. It makes you set goals. And so you actually take the time to think about, well, where have I come from? Where am I going? Where am I at now? And actually set that up. And, Forces and, people to look at themselves. Yeah, which, God, that when you start doing that, it might be the hardest thing. Daunting. And then, and then yeah. it becomes so much easier. But you look at the habits, you look at the people, you look at the lifestyle, you, yeah. you have to, the diet, your bad habits. And so you look at yourself in the mirror and you just have to, you have to objectively go, what is it that I'm doing wrong and what could I do better? Mm -hmm. And how can I learn from the mistakes of the past? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't willing to face that. No, so many people build a life around avoiding Mm -hmm. the problems that they have or the issues that they need to overcome rather than facing them head on and accepting it and then moving past it. It's crazy Mm because like that's the past I come from is, is very much just i'm just gonna ignore that these are even problems yeah like i'm overweight no it's not i'm not it's the world around me that's the problem yeah i have no job it's it's not my problem it's everyone else's right Right. but no it's 
or but you, when you finally come to that realization, like you did, and I remember you were talking about that, and I think it was the first podcast. It's like you finally come to the realization that you're the person in charge of your own life. Yeah. Like you can't blame anyone else. It's it's all you. Right? Yeah. You you are where you are right now. You are sitting here right now because of the choices that you have made. Exactly. I mean, you not may not always control the situations around those choices, but again, you can choose what how to interpret it and you can choose what to do about it. Exactly. And the nice thing is you can always change it. You can always change where you're going, right? Like if you Take a real look at yourself, and you see that you're on a negative tra- trajectory. Um, you can change that. Change it, yeah, exactly. Make we're the product of our habits. I very much believe that. And but I always believe in changing yourself before changing external circumstances. Yes, um, 100%. so make your bed before judging the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what would you? A little bit along the same li- same lines. What would you change about the world if you could? <laughs> this is evil <laughs> laugh. It's not, it's not meant to be evil. It, Imagining it, Josh and Emperor. Yeah. Or, Emperor Josh yeah. at the table. That's what my clients say, too. They have an evil <laughs> laugh. I don't see it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you know what? I don't, I don't know if it would be something I would change about the whole world. It would just be like, it, it would be people. Don't be so serious. Don't take life too seriously because you're not going to get out alive, right? Like just people get too caught up on things and, and they let it, you know, drive their life and the choices that they make. And, and it just drives people crazy. Some of the stuff that, that said my, like, I'm, I love comedy. I'd love to one day, you know, do stand up comedy, but that's something that I got to, you know, grow as a person to be able to do. But the comedians that I love the most are the ones that are willing to say this, like the most raunchy stuff that you could imagine. Right. Yeah. Because they don't take life seriously and they don't want other people to take life seriously. You know, it's, it's something that we as people need to get better at is accepting, you know, acceptance number one, but just, to me, it's finding the enjoyment in the moment mm-hmm. yeah. and having fun. And then on the other side, I think what you were getting at a little bit was being genuine. Yeah. Be yourself. If Be that fun, goofy version of yourself. And I've, I've kind of, the words that come into my head are, I've kind of started falling, I don't even want to say kind of, <laughs> I've started falling in love with the person that I am yeah. and stop making excuses for being that way. And part of growing my hair out, I know that was maybe one of the first things I said, yeah. was it's it's something fun and it's for me and I just enjoy it. I haven't done it before. Why? Because everybody, my dad would always tell me to get a haircut. Yeah. And so now it's, it is a little bit of taking that power over your own life, but also saying, what is it that I want? What do I want to project? Who am I? Yeah. Let's show that. And so I feel so much more comfortable with myself than ever before, so much more confident Yes, that's maybe not in every single area, and there's always evolutions, and there's always changes to be made and places that you can better, but I think that's something about the magic of life, where mm-hmm. you just, you keep going forward, and you have to figure those things yeah. out. You got to live life for yourself, right? Because I was recently talking to somebody about this, and it's just, they would always change for other people, you know, for their partner, for their uh, parents, you know, for their job and stuff like that. It's like, you got to... You're the one living your life. Just, you know, be happy 
with yourself and be happy with, with what you're doing yeah. and enjoy yourself, right? Be enjoy happy, have fun, and just always try to better yourself, right? Exactly. And that's very much what we've said, I think, a lot of different ways, too, is start with yourself. If you're, if you're with everybody else and you're letting that influence who you are, exactly. you probably aren't who you want to be. If you start with yourself, grow outwards, you're probably going to end up in the space that maybe better suits you than those other external influences, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it, it is great to sometimes have those conversations that lead you into a new direction. So there's still opportunity for that. But sometimes we let our lives be dictated by other people too much is maybe how I would say it. Yep. So let's, that's very serious topics <laughs> we've gotten into. <laughs> yeah, but I like it though. Maybe on a, a just more interest side, who's your all-time favorite artist or band and what, or what have you been playing during your workouts lately? Mm. I don't really have like a, um, a favorite artist or band or anything like that like i i typically find a song that i really like and i just kill it like i'll just listen to it on yeah. repeat like two weeks in a row oh and my I never God. listen to it again my girlfriend absolutely <laughs> hates it because she'll be you know doing something around the house and she'll just hear it playing in the background the, the same, same way. way i remember i, I showed you the imagine Dra- the new mission impossible thing yeah. by imagine dragons and Thank- i was like this is sick I can't stand it now. Yeah. <laughs> and because of you, I listened to that for like two weeks straight, and I'm like, I'm bored with this now. What do I got next, right? So I don't really, I don't really think there is um, a person, you know, or a band that I, that I really love or that I come back to over and over again. During my workouts, it's typically, if it's not an audio book or a podcast, um, which I can do, you know, during cardio or something like that. If it's weight training, then I got to listen to something like a little bit more, I don't know, upbeat or something yeah. like that. Gets you in the zone. Yeah, exactly. And that's either EDM or, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, like, hard rap music or old rap music, but um, hip-hop, stuff like that, you know, upbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very much all about the beat, too. Yeah. But I mess around. I, I think I've said it before, but I'm all about building the playlist for the workout. Yep. I made such a good throwback. It's a little bit of old school electronic so circa 10 years ago yep. a little bit of dead mouse here and there yeah. and then mixed with some new stuff and is that considered old school nowadays well I, I would oh, say in God, terms no. of electronic it's just throwback it's it's made its way through and even if it was a popular song it's fallen off the radar but yeah. bringing some back sandstorm some of the, <laughs> <laughs> sandstorm well i played cinema by benny benassi but the original nice. version nice. is yeah. really good and then yeah i've Got into a bunch of different ones, but it's always the arm workouts or big pumps. I do like angry workout music. I was, it's always winter time. Mm-hmm. I, it's a little bit of the seasonal effectiveness, but it's heavy metal and just hard rock. Mm-hmm. And just, I really get into those workouts yeah. too. And like, kind of, I guess I never answered this like training style um, that I have. And it's funny, I'm a personal trainer and like, my job is, you know, take somebody through a workout and, like, you know, make them have a fun time and, you know, be someone's workout, like, training partner, training coach and all that. When it comes to my own workout, I can't work out with people. It's, like, it's I need to put on my headphones. Yeah. I need to put my hat down. And I just need to, like, you know, get into my own zone. And you and I share that mentality. Yes, 100%. And, and we get approached often, too. Or I get approached by clients even, like, hey, one of these days you should work out with me. I'm like, I guess we could. I mean, mm-hmm. You can make that request. Yeah. And I don't like, really I want to. I wouldn't mind doing it no, with them as, right. like a, as a If it shows session. them something new, yeah. then fine. Um, but it's like or it's your workout for them. When day. one of the other trainers are like, what are you working on? And I'm like, ah, oh, this is, I know where this is going. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, 
I used to be a very agreeable person and I've gotten so much better at being disagreeable, but only when it comes to like telling people like, no, I'm not working out with you. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. And I feel super bad saying that, but it's like, sorry, this is, this is for me. Well, like half the time I find, and you know what? I've learned a lot of things. I've worked out with some of the other trainers. I've learned mm-hmm. a lot of things from them, which is fine. But the, most of the time, what, when it, what ends up happening, I find is it turns into a conversation yes. or it turns into you're just socializing. And so you, these rest periods become five, ten minutes long, and you get one, one set in. And then I'm not even pushing myself as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I don't have the focus on, and two, they're talking to me. And even though they may be spotting me, I'm, I don't. The focus is just not there. So I'm not working as hard as I could, as as or as I do on my own. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I've, with that. I've felt the same way after working with trainers. You get to a certain point where you have the education, where you feel comfortable enough, mm-hmm. and especially being trainers, you're used to making programs. So then it's just spending the time actually doing them and pushing yourself. It is sometimes nice to have somebody like go do a set. It it depends. So if you have a trainer there, it can be obviously super beneficial, and and you guys could attest to that. But I get that some people need to need to be pushed, and that's why they get trainers, and that's that's awesome. I've I've spent seven years of my life learning and teaching myself how to push myself. So I feel, in my opinion, that no one can push me better than myself. Mm -hmm. God, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's there's always four like everybody could use a coach. Right? Like, you could always use a coach, right? Sure. Look at the, the top performers, like the top athletes and stuff like that. They all have coaches, right? Yeah. And I understand needing that every once in a while, but it's just like you want to get to a point where you're self-sufficient. In so workouts. Yeah. I find that, yeah, there's a certain aspect. Like, if I were, say, you were my coach and be like, okay, what did you do today? And I showed you what I did today. I'm like, okay, you need to do this better. I can go do that better on my own. Yes, exactly. And then I will do that better on my own. And then I'll come back to you and be like, hey, you asked me again, what did I do today? Here's the sheet of paper, what I did, mm-hmm. how I did it. I'm not going to lie on it because it's my personal results. The only person I'm lying to is myself, essentially. So mm-hmm. why would I do that? And then I can push myself that way. I don't need you there yelling in my ear exactly. to do better. Because to, to me, that's not motivating. No. I'd agree with that. Yeah. my Just personally, the thing that's driven me is designing these Spartan workouts and mm-hmm. Basically, what I've been doing is it's a focus on cardio. So I'll do an eight-minute run, and then I'll do a circuit of lower body and upper body, but do a bunch of different things in between. And I've never sweat so much <laughs> in my life. I, I typically don't sweat a lot in the gym. Yeah. But then with this one, at the end of about 60, 65 minutes by by the time I make sweat angels on the ground. That's what I started, <laughs> started doing. I've never heard that. That's no. awesome. Such a good, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my new term is the, the, the savage, hashtag savage and, and hashtag yeah, I've noticed that angels. a lot. Savage. savage. I like, for some reason I've gravitated towards that term because it's, Women always use the term fierce, where they're like, yes. I'm so fierce, and so, I'm going to go out. The word savage doesn't sound savage to me. Whenever someone says savage, I think of Savage Garden, like the, <laughs> from like the 90s. 21 Savage. There's, there's a bunch of people that have used savage. But, yeah, it's kind of, it is a playful term, too, because if you're, if I say you're a savage, you're not going to be like, why would you say that? I'm yeah. not, I'm What's not wrong with you? whatever. But it's, so I'm having a little bit of fun with it, basically, is just being like, when when should you use your demon side? Well, in the gym, yeah. use your demon side. Be a savage. 100%. Lift lift heavy. Push yourself to the edge. Sweat buckets and yeah. make everybody look at you because you're going like ridiculously hard. <laughs> and that's what these workouts are. I jog. I jog over to the weights from the tread. Yeah. And I just I don't 
really fix it. I'm usually so exhausted that I'm not really caring about people around me, but I just know that people are like, God, you, you went hard today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, good. Yeah. That's how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. I love seeing that in the gym when someone's pushing their limit and you can tell. Yeah. Like that, I'm like, yeah, no, good, perfect. There's something attractive about that too. It doesn't even have to be, well, I actually do find one of the most attractive things females can do is work out. And when I see a girl lifting weights, and and yes, that's not me trying to be a pervy and, and saying that <laughs> it, all I do is check out girls at the gym. But no, there's something to be said about seeing somebody work on themselves and want to be better because you know, especially if you're there, they're on the same path as you. They're trying to get better. So the same thing seeing somebody read a book is they're they're gaining knowledge. They're bettering themselves. And actually, I think it's probably the most attractive thing that a human can do is if, if when you know they're working on themselves, mm-hmm. you sense that potential. And I find potential to be attractive. I like that. Um, I guess as we start to close the podcast out here, we're running close to the two-hour mark. Um, just kind of want to, from your perspective, like where can people find you? Um, mm. Do you want to put any plugs in there? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I'll give you the floor. Obviously, I'm a uh, I'm a personal trainer at Good Life Fitness Keniston. Um, you can find me like you can find me on Facebook at Josh Robinson. You can find me on Instagram at Robinson the Third. So um, I guess I should have let off with this, but my real name is not actually Josh. It is Frank. What? Yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, you're saying that out loud on yeah. the podcast. I know. So that please don't. Listening. Please don't call me Frank when you see me. Um, Frank Junior. Yeah. Well, I'm technically Frank Joshua Brown Robinson the third. So, <laughs> hence the uh, Robinson the third. Um, but ever since I think I think it was like three or four. As soon as I could talk, um, my parents were like Frank, Frank, and I just said I don't want to be Frank. I want to be Josh, right? Because who wants to be you know Junior, Junior? So, go on. Are you ready to get the parallels even more ridiculous? I, I really am. Well, my real first name is Thomas. Yes, I remember I we had talked that. about this. My, my dad's name is not Tom, but my grandfather was. So if he, he's uh, he passed away when my dad was young, so mm-hmm. I've never known him. But if he were alive, I could then be Thomas Coates the Third. So mm-hmm. just saying mm-hmm. that th- there's another parallel we can throw in. Now, now I feel like I really need to get this off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to say, Jace? My real first name is, in fact, Jace. <laughs> Coming up but what's your middle name? <laughs> you know my middle name. Well, let's say it out for the uh, world. My middle name is Johannes. Oh, God, I am Dutch good. after all. Yeah, that's Johannes. such a good name. I wouldn't just go by Johannes. Me you too. Should join, you should join the middle name train because Johannes the Adonis sounds pretty great. <laughs> yeah, that That does. could be your wrestling name I was name made right fun there. of for it uh, uh-huh. growing up. That's probably why I don't go. Oh, Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. The scars. The scars. The scars. Yeah. Yeah. At least you weren't Rudy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Or Chubbs. Chubbs Peterson. That was also <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, so trainer, good life fitness, Keniston. Um, you know, you can find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram. Uh that's really it, I guess you could say. Are there any other important notes? I'm sure we're close to the two hour mark. Not that we like to end things pretty <laughs> Right on the two hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the drill sergeant Jace over here. <laughs> no, just that we're we're just always working on improving the podcast. So if anyone does have any suggestions, 
uh, please feel free to slide into our DMs hey. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, email us at uh, b.the.change.yps at gmail.com. That's Throwing in the dots for me. Woo. I always funny. love listening to that <laughs> at the very end of the podcast. I'm like, oh, so is. Originally, all our social media was like that. Yeah. And then I came in and I was like, maybe we should get rid of the dots. <laughs> Because and then it happened that's because why. no, it, it happened because the emails were all taken, and so it's yeah, trying to figure yeah. out fine for the worked. email. But I'm like, when it comes to like Instagram and that, I don't want to be like, hey, put dot dot, it's dot this, but put yeah. dots in between every word, right? Yeah. So yes, Instagram be the change yps. Same with Facebook. If you haven't decided to jump ship uh, on that one, yeah, that's quite a down lately. But it is. It has quite. It just. Once once you're worth billions of dollars, you just sweep <laughs> things under the rug, and then we forget about it the next day because that's how humans are. Mm-hmm. I just I also wanted to thank Josh for coming on the podcast and for just listening in general. Um, I know you've had some really good and positive feedback from the like from the get go from the first episode, and you're one of the first listeners, if not the first listener. Right on. I like that. Um, so thank you for all the support. Um, I know I truly, I'm sure everyone here truly appreciates it. Yeah, I just, um, I just want to say, like, I didn't really get to speak much, but um, I loved hearing your story. It was very uh, inspirational. Thank um, you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, when there's nobody I'd rather have as the first guest, it just seemed natural, and I was, you know, I knew it would be a fun adventure and just to learn more about your story. And it's something that I wanted to do anyways, was sit down with you and talk and learn more about your story. So it's kind of great that other people get to learn about it and get inspired and, and, and learn something from it too. So yeah, it's been, been a lot of fun. And this has been our, I'm going to put it on record that this has been our best podcast so far. So been awesome. And hopefully this won't be the last time that you're on here no, as well. Definitely not. Thank you. I just want to say thank you you guys for having me on here and being willing to <laughs> have me tell my story and, you know, share my thoughts on some stuff. And I really appreciate it. Um, you guys all seem like, you know, like the young professionals, like your people that are consistently progressing uh, yourselves in your lives and, and being productive and, and constantly working on yourselves. And I really love that. I love people that are trying to, you know, constantly work on themselves and make a better, you know, make a better planet Earth. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. I love that. I I don't think there's any better way we could go. Let's mm-hmm. let's make this planet better together. Sounds <laughs> good. So maybe one other side note: we are still looking for volunteers for the Andrew Dunn Walk. So uh, reach out to us. Uh, there is the Be the Change Meetup page as well, and the information's posted on there. But if you reach out on Facebook or Instagram for that as well, we'd love to have you out uh, and have you involved as well. Uh, on that note, any other closing thoughts? I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Memento Mori. (laughs) Farewell. (laughs) Bye-bye. Au revoir.